Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter on Zoom with Eli McCann and Rebby Brassfield. Hey guys. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Dandy. Going. It's going slowly <laughs> mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Feels slower. Um, Rebby, what are you watching? Um, so I finally watched The Mandalorian. Um, have you guys already talked about it on this show you mentioned it last time we had you on and you were going yeah because you i think you were going to start it because people had been telling you that there was like mormon right this is that one i don't know i don't think so (laughs) what am i talking about no last time we had you on you talked about some show where a ship was named after oh that was the expanse it's like a sci-fi show sorry i derailed you no go go for it mandalorian mandalorian um it's this like star wars spinoff show baby yoda i've seen all the memes yeah i was hugely underwhelmed by it actually I'm sort of shocked that it's gotten as good of reviews as it has. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. And I liked it. I didn't like it. was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. Like, it was fun to watch. But the whole time I was like, where is the plot going? Who's the villain? Then you met the villain and you're like, why is he the villain? What? Like, it ended and I feel like I haven't thought about it at all since. I feel like the only thing it had going for it was Baby Yoda, which was, you know, definitely significant. But, um... (laughs) I sort of feel like it was a waste of Pedro Pascal too. Like he's such a great actor. Yeah. It made me realize, I think it was so hard for me to connect with his character because you never see his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a face to not see. What a face to hide behind that helmet, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. So yeah, that was, I don't know. It was entertaining, but like I said, I haven't thought about it since, which is sort of my bar for something being like really great. Uh-huh. Um, okay. The other thing I watched recently, which is sort of embarrassing. Have you guys seen the movie Austin Land? No. No, isn't it, um, you know, Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. Jerusha yeah. Hess is the director. Yeah. Jared has his wife, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like, wait, are they brother and sister? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Shannon Hale. It's based on a book that was written by Shannon Hale, who's, she lives in Utah. She writes mostly like, you know, YA fiction, but I love her and I love her books. And, you know, it's like, it's silly. It's a girl who's obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. And then she goes to this retreat in England where you immerse yourself in the world of Austin. Anyway, it's very silly. Um, I watched it years ago, but I just like, I feel like I need silly things right now. So I watched it recently and it made me laugh. I also had forgot that it has Brett McKenzie in it, Flight of the Concords. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. And he's just so great. It just, yeah. Anyway, so that was fun to watch. And I just, yeah, I feel like I need light, frothy, mindless. Totally. Yeah. So that's me. Awesome. Thank you. Eli, what have you been watching? Uh, Three things. First of all, so I've turned my home into a gym, like we all have had to do because everybody's like exercising at home now. And the best part about that is that I have started watching TV while I like do my lame home workouts, which are not going very well. And I have found the best possible thing to watch while doing a workout. And I've talked about it on this podcast before, and I'm going to talk about it again. I have been watching on an ongoing, like, eternal loop. I've made it through, like, three times in the last two weeks, 2008's Hairspray, which I honestly think might be the best movie 
that has ever been made. And I'm telling you, especially right now, if you have never seen it, do yourself a favor and go watch it. If you have seen it, do yourself a favor and go watch it because it is the happiest, most like brightly colored, beautiful thing to watch during a pandemic. I have every second that it is on my screen, I feel better about the world. I love everybody who's in it. And I am on the verge of tears of happiness for the entirety of this film. There's like not a single moment of it that is not executed to absolute perfection. Incredible. So, is John Travolta in that movie? Does he play a woman yes. in that movie? Rebby, have you not seen Hairspray? I, I have, but it's like, it's like buried. Yeah, yeah John, John Travolta plays the mother and he <laughs> is absolutely perfect in this role. Oh, gosh. Uh, really like, yeah, every second he's he's on the screen is like, what it, it, it is truly like one of the greatest performances I've seen ever. <laughs> My boy Zach Gaffron's in it. This is like pre turning into a bad boy. The Zach that I wish did he turn into a bad boy? Well, I mean, when he's doing that he played Ted Bundy. She was like, I just don't understand why. Like he was from yeah. High School Musical. She was like devastated. I'm like, I mean, he's not actually. Ted Bundy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was so sad. Like, it's like Efron, he was just had become tainted. No, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's done like so many of these like stupid college, like drunk college movies yeah. that are just like, this is not, you're being wasted. You are being wasted. Uh, Queen Latifah is great in it. Amanda Bynes. Michelle Amanda Pfeiffer. Bynes. Michelle freaking Pfeiffer is bomb in this movie. It is just exceptional. It's on Netflix. Everyone go do yourself a favor and watch it. So wait, how many times have you watched Hairspray? I think three and a half times in the last two weeks because I, I'll just play How long it. are your workouts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, I go for a run and then I come home and I do like a little, you know, 20 minute thing and okay. I just like watch it in 20 minute segments getting judged on my workout. The math was coming out to like <laughs> two minutes of... <laughs> Okay. Uh, number two, can we talk for a second about Tiger King? Should we talk about Tiger King for a second? I, well, I mean, yes. Obviously. Everyone's everyone's watching it. It is wild. Rebby, have you seen Tiger King? I haven't started it. I've been on the verge, but... I don't I, want to spoil anything, and so I won't. Okay, I can plug my ears. No, I watched The Mandalorian just barely. So I, don't, yeah. I don't think you can really spoil it, though. It's just crazy. Like... Every minute that it's on, I am expecting somebody to pop out and be like, this is a mockumentary. But then they don't. And I'm like, so this is real life, I guess. It is engrossing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know that it was going to be a buzzy show. It just popped up on Netflix. And I was like, all right. Yeah. One episode in, could not stop. Yeah, yeah. I think I recommend it to most people, but it is wild. And I, I think it gets kind of darker and darker as you go. And the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, this is like fun and entertaining in a light way for me. But then I start feeling sad about the animals and then people are getting hurt. And it's just like, it just kind of gets grosser and grosser as it goes, but it's definitely entertaining. So, and I mean, Meg, the- you wrote something about it uh, last week on the Beehive. I did. So yeah, go check I wrote out about, Meg's article. Uh, yeah, please check out my article. The gist, not that you shouldn't read it, but the gist is, yeah, it sucks being in quarantine, but at least you're not any of these people. Yeah. And I stand by that. Yeah. I'd rather be in quarantine for the rest of my life. 
than be somehow associated with Joe Exotic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, is so like eight part series. It's like a longer documentary series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think eight episodes. That sounds right. I haven't finished it. I've got one or two more. Oh man. Buckle up. Uh, and then the last thing is Ozark season three dropped on Netflix. Uh, Nick and I have talked about Ozark on this podcast before. Uh, Ozark season three is really good. I am burning through it very fast. I'm kind of sad how fast I'm burning through it. Um, Jason Bateman, my girl, Laura Linney, Mm -hmm. my close personal friend, Laura Linney. Um, Yeah. If you haven't watched Ozark, if you liked Breaking Bad, I actually think Ozark is like a better version of Breaking Bad. If Breaking Bad is too much for you, don't watch Ozark, Uh, but it's really good. Is it more, is it like a tougher watch than Breaking Bad? Yeah, it's more because Breaking Bad was still for network television. So they still Mm -hmm. had some limits around like the violence and gore. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think the show is like extremely violent or gory, but it's more so than Breaking Bad. Um, The language, you know, is language warning. Uh, Otherwise, it's like the same kind of heavy content. And so if Breaking Bad was too depressing for you, Ozark will definitely be too depressing for you. But it's a very good show. Interesting. Okay. Meg, what have you been watching? Uh, Amazon released a new show featuring uh, Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, previously of Project Runway, before Harvey Weinstein kind of blew up Project Runway and they had to do a complete revamp. But now Heidi and Tim are on this show, Making the Cut, which is essentially Project Runway, but better produced. Um, And you know that if there's a show about a group of designers competing and sewing, I'm going to watch it. Uh, The unfortunate thing is that there are only two episodes currently available. They're releasing it weekly because I don't think they anticipated a global pandemic. (laughs) I wish that we had all the episodes at once because I would be burning through them, but I have to wait week by week for each new episode. That's okay. I need something to get me through however long this takes. Also, I downloaded a video game and I'm not like a video game person. I know, but the game Animal Crossing is so much fun and so relaxing. You show up on this island, you set up a tent for yourself and you pretty much just make a life for yourself on this island. You grow little plants, you pull weeds, you go fishing, you catch butterflies, you sell and trade. I... I'm spending my days now waiting until the kids go to bed so I can play a child's video game. Wow. Yeah. And you, you play it on your phone? No, it's like we have a Nintendo Switch. Oh, interesting. It's super I have fun. I have one of those in, you, my, in my home. I know oh. how, it, like I'm not making it sound fun. Uh-huh. I just saw enough people talking about it that I was like, there's no way this many people can like it and it not be fun. So I downloaded it. And it is so great and so calming. I'm doing this. Yeah. You've, you've, you've gotten me to do a video game, Meg. Congratulations. You're welcome. I that. We tried to buy a Nintendo Switch. Scott was like, that's it. He's wanted one forever. And when yeah. this all happened, he's like, that's it. I'm buying one. And there are none. To oh, be- no. Like, they are out of stock everywhere. And he found one that was like 400 or I don't know how much they cost, but it was like way more expensive than Uh, surge pricing on Nintendo Switches. So lucky y'all for getting yours before the pandemic. I would would invite you over to play, but that kind (laughs) of 
Yeah, not allowed. Do you want to hear the worst thing that's happened to me so far personally? Like, obviously, bad things are happening to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But my friend just got a new puppy that Mm -hmm. I can't go see. Mm. Yep. Terrible. That's rough. Anyway, back to pop culture. We are here today to talk about the war of the Nora Ephron movies. Now, Nora Ephron has written and directed a lot of movies. Not all of them have been winners. Uh, We have chosen today to talk about the four movies that I consider canon, which are When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, Julie and Julia. And we are all going to offer our opinions on which is the best and why. Um, So let's start with a little bit of a plot description of each. When Harry Met Sally, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan... They meet, dislike each other, and then it's just two hours of them keeping meeting and liking each other, become friends. They see each other through relationships, blah, 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 blah. Will they, won't they? Um, Clever, fun, a little long. Sleepless in Seattle. Tom Hanks has lost his wife. His son Jonah calls into a radio show. Meg Ryan happens to hear it. Meg Ryan is engaged to someone else but falls in love with this man from the radio. Uh, Stalks him, essentially, until they finally meet at the top of the Empire State Building. You've got mail. Meg Ryan owns a bookshop. Tom Hanks owns a big box bookstore. He's coming into the neighborhood. They are arch nemeses in real life, but potential lovers online. And the movie is a culmination of them meeting in person. Julie and Julia, the story of Julia Child, and the woman who decided to blog about making every recipe from The Art of French Cooking, starring Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. Now, Rebby, tell me, which of those four is the best and why? Um, I have to go when Harry met Sally. Okay. And why? I feel like, to me, it's the funniest. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the plot not that rom-coms are ever like supposed to be relatable but i think that this plot at least some of the others are you know sleepless in seattle is all about like fate and magic and you never even really see the two of them interact until the very mm-hmm. last scene yeah. spoiler yeah. alert sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um you should have watched this movie by now if you haven't um <laughs> so i feel like when harry met sally i i just love the interaction between the two characters i think that whole question of that awkward friendship of like, is there more than a friendship? I feel like that's the most relatable of all her stories, right? Where it's like Mm -hmm. that awkward question, you never know. And then it's like, there's the moment where you kiss and then it like ruins everything, right? I just feel like that um, tension is the most interesting to me because it's the most real, because I feel like Mm -hmm. it's the most relatable maybe. Um, The other reason I think it's my favorite is Carrie Fisher is in this movie. Yes. And she's like her best friend sidekick. I just, it, it makes me sad every time I watch it. Well, first of all, that we no longer have Carrie Fisher. Have you guys read any of her books, by the way? No. no. I like really went down a Carrie Fisher rabbit hole after she died. And um, I would definitely recommend reading her, um, her last memoir. I'm blanking on the title. I'll look it up. But um, I just love Carrie and I wish we'd gotten more of her in other things in this last memoir. She basically talks about, um, she shares pages from her diary and like poems that she wrote about Harrison Ford. And like, she talks oh, about no. their whole like affair that happened as they're filming Star Wars. Anyway, it's like, I just love her so much and she's so funny in this movie. And I just, I love her character. I think she adds so much to like mm-hmm. balance out, um, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. 
I think Billy Crystal is like such a weird love interest. Like, mm-hmm. do not yeah. find him attractive in any way, which I don't really Tom Hanks either. But I just feel like I think that it makes it even more relatable because you're like, no, like they're not gonna right. It just they're yeah. not gonna get together, which maybe they don't. You have to watch it and see. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I love in this movie they have. Do you guys remember all the cameos they have? Or I don't know if that's what you'd call it, but they have sort of inserted in between the movie they have like yeah. right talking heads of their interviewing interviews all these about yeah. like do you think a man and woman can just be friends is that possible is it or not and i just think it's fun structurally i think it switches up the pace mm-hmm. um i don't know i think it's like a perfect rom-com yeah yeah so there's a bit of a debate in my house about whether this movie is a Nora Ephron movie or a Rob Reiner movie. Uh, because while Nora Ephron wrote the screenplay, Rob Reiner is the director. Interesting. Um, and I do feel like it's different from the movies that Nora Ephron directed. Um, Her, the movies that Nora Ephron directs are like softer. It's almost like... They're, they're like shot with like a little bit more of like this soft care where Harry Met Sally feels like a little bit more like a comedy. You know, yeah, it's I mean, kind I, of this bombastic comedy where there's a love story in it. I, yeah, I think that the ones she directs are more feminine. Okay. Mm. If, as like an adjective, right? Like a little softer, um, a little more romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I think this one is the only one that truly to me, like, I think, I almost think Sleepless in Seattle, the love story is between Tom Hanks and his son. Mm-hmm. I feel like You've Got Mail, the love story is like about New York. Yeah. <laughs> and Julia and Julia, it's about food and like, you know, I don't yeah. know, finding pleasure in your life. Right. So I feel like this is the only one that really feels to me like the relationship is focused. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You huh. make a strong case. Yeah. Eli. So these four films, I can very easily rank them one to four. Like there's, there's no competition between the four of them to me. So number four, I put Julie and Julia because I hate Julie Powell so much. And half of that film is insufferable to watch. Um, wait, number three wait, would... Do you hate, I want to know, do you hate Julie Powell or do you hate Amy Adams? Ju- well... Julie Powell, I actually, I really like Amy Adams. I sometimes have to remind myself that I like Amy Adams because I'll see her in a movie and I'll be like, ew, I don't like Amy Adams. And then I'm like, no, wait, you just hated Julie Powell so much and you're having a hard time disassociating those two. Did you, Um, have you ever seen the extra features? Like we had the DVD and they have an interview with the real Julie Powell and Amy Adams does a great job encapsulating who that person is. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> well, she, I mean, she's a piece of work in the, in the film. Um, and I think Amy Adams does a really good job, like, but she's, it's not fun to watch that character because I dislike her so much, but all of the Meryl Streep, Jul- Julia Child parts are so lovely. Mm-hmm. And if it was only, if, if it was only the Julia Child part, I probably, it would probably be one of my favorite movies, but it's just so hard for me to get through. Number three, I put Sleepless in Seattle, which is a film I've watched a million times in my life and I really like it, but it's a crazy movie. And you have to like completely just decide not to be bothered by the fact that this woman is like stalking a man she's never met and doesn't really even meet in the movie. And then they just end up together. It's just a very weird, but the characters are lovely. It's fun. The dialogue is well-written. It's like a fun movie to watch. Um, number two, I would put When Harry Met Sally. 
a film I absolutely adore for all the reasons Rebby just stated. But my number one is You've Got Mail. I have watched this movie, with the exception of maybe Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I have watched this movie more times than any other movie in my life. I could never get sick of it. Yeah. I, love, I love all of the shots of New York. I love the characters in it. Um, I've heard people over the years kind of criticize the Tom Hanks character or say that like they're annoyed that they end up together because he tanked her business, but I've never been bothered by that. I don't think that there's a bad guy in this film. I just think that like, like I want to, I want to know all of the characters, Parker Posey included. I want them all in my life. Um, maybe her a little bit at arm's length. No, uh, I think Parker Posey makes this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. And Steve's on. Love Steve Zahn. I love the shop around the corner. I will sometimes like walk to my office downtown in the mornings and just like imagine what if I was walking to the shop around the corner and that's how I was spending my day with like the cranberries playing, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the background. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's a world that I want to live in. It's a world where there's, there's not really that much tension. Like, yeah, she's losing her business but like she's fine and it's sad that she's losing her business but like everything's still fine like everything still feels really soft and and warm and like welcoming throughout the whole film well you never get the sense that meg ryan is in like financial trouble no and that would that would be a different movie yeah if she was like i will get kicked out of my apartment and might be homeless if i lose that's a different movie but instead it's like this is my life project. I love it so much. If I lose this and have to go do something else, I'll be sad that I don't have this anymore. And it just makes for a different film. They make it very clear that like she'll have a career in publishing. She's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there is no financial, no true financial stress on an individual or personal level in this movie. I was thinking the other day that right now we are all experiencing the scene in the elevator. <laughs> And we're all saying, when I get out of here, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I do feel like I've been like Parker Posey in a lot of this. I'm just so <laughs> like, where are my Tic Tacs? Like, I when I get out of here, I'm going to have my eyes lasered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Parker Posey. Every time, I mean, I think this is true of anything Parker Posey is in, but every time she's on screen in that movie, she just blows it up. Like it is yeah, you know, gr- growing up and wa- you know having watched this a million times, I always saw Parker Posey as like, oh, this like awful person. But in recent years, when I've watched that, I I've kind of had like a a more gentle perspective on her, where I'm like, oh no, she's just like a really driven person, and she's not polite in the ways that like the other characters are, so she doesn't fit in with them. But she's never like overtly mean to people. No, she's, she's not, not a villain. She's not dishonest. She's not hurting people. She's just like a terrible match for Joe mm-hmm. Fox. Yeah. And and so like, I don't know, it's it's interesting, you know, it's easy to like take characters like that and make them so two-dimensional and be like, "Oh, she's she's not having a heart-to-heart with everybody in the elevator about like seeing her mother after this. All she cares about is where her Tic Tacs are, therefore she's terrible." When in reality, it's just like that's just not her that's just not her way. Like she's trapped in an elevator and she just wants to get out of it. She doesn't need to like talk to these strangers about like her heart's desires. It's really interesting. It is interesting. I also love Greg Kinnear in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, Oh my gosh. Weird. I forgot that he's Frank. He's Frank. Oh, incredible. Like how he falls for the newscaster. I don't know. It's just so, yeah. 
I yeah. loved him always, but I had forgotten he was in this movie too, but I love his character. They're all they, charming. They, they In this movie, it, they do a funny thing where they like very conveniently um, tie up those relationships so that it's not the case that these two main characters are having these affairs and ruining people's lives. Yeah. Where like they, where Meg Ryan breaks up with Greg Kinnear and they're just like, oh, I guess we're just going to be friends now. And like, there's like, nobody's upset about it and they're perfectly fine. And he's got a place to go. I think that's what makes a Nora Ephron movie a Nora Ephron movie. Like you're never going to feel too stressed. Yeah. It happens in Sleepless in Seattle, too. Like, she does the same thing. Meg Ryan yeah. gets out of that relationship very easily. Nobody's mad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice. Speaking of... Yeah, all my breakups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. They're always like, no, it's fine. I understand. Go be with the person. Yeah, go be with that guy. You should. You totally should. Yeah. <laughs> any movie, any of these movies are on on a Saturday. I'm sitting down. I'm watching the whole thing. Like, I adore... All of these movies. Yes. That said, my favorite is Sleepless in Seattle. Wow. We picked three different ones. That's amazing. That is amazing. This was not predetermined. P.S. Listeners should know. Listeners, this was was destiny. (laughs) (laughs) I understand how insane this movie is. Mm -hmm. And I respect it for it. Mm -hmm. Mostly I respect Meg Ryan for making a complete psychopath such a lovable character true very true because this woman is a psychopath (laughs) she like hires a pi to like take pictures of him not only that she goes to where he lives and watches him yeah and it's like he's just flattered i mean (laughs) she's super hot for one and she's leg ryan she's super charming it's just it's like an incredible performance that she pulls that off this movie to me is so magical. Like I feel this movie the way I feel like about Christmas time. There's just like that tingly warmness surrounding mm-hmm. Sleepless in Seattle. I think everyone who's in it is great. I think Bill Pullman is remarkable in it yeah. as her allergy prone fiance who is a, like Parker Posey, not a bad guy. In fact, he's like a very sweet guy. It's just yeah. very clear that they're mismatched. I think yeah. Rosie O'Donnell as the best friend, probably her best performance ever. I, I, I honestly, I think that that's true. She's very good in the, uh, the baseball movie. What's the baseball movie? League of um, Their Own. League of Their Own and this. Like, these are her two, like, best performances. And I think they happened, like, back to back. I think that Victor Garber and Rita Wilson as the friends. Mm. Oh. Rita's so great. Put Rita so Wilson great. in the everything. Scene, the scene where they're all talking and Tom Hanks and Victor Garber are talking about the Dirty Dozen. Like, I, completely right. iconic. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend, Tom Hanks' girlfriend, you know, it's perfect as like, you don't really have a reason to dislike her, but you dislike her. Everyone yeah. in this movie just does their job so well. So even though it's a completely banana story, <laughs> it works and I love it. Yeah. It's it's strange that you you almost don't even notice that you've just watched a romantic comedy where you never see the leads together at yeah, all. Yeah. Like really, it's it's really strange. Like you come out of that and it's just like, oh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are great together. But it's like, are they? Did they even film a single scene together except for the the last? Well, one? I think that you have imagined their life together. The movie. Mm-hmm makes it so that you have bought into this dream and you, like Meg Ryan, have, you know, imagined their entire future. 
Yeah, interesting. That's good uh, storytelling. It's. I mean, Nora Ephron is a genius. Um, yeah. really, she's missed. Uh, what a loss. We uh, we got to wrap it up because Zoom only gives us forty minutes. But I <laughs> I texted Rebby uh, about doing this with us, and Rebby said, "Oh, which Nora Ephron movies are we doing? Do I have to watch Michael?" <laughs> I had completely forgotten that Oof. Michael was another John Travolta. Another John Travolta film. Yes, performance. I kind of like Michael. Like, I know it's not a good movie, but again, like, if it's on TV, I'm not not going to watch it. Interesting. I almost rented it, but it cost two ninety nine, and I was like, I can't. I can't <laughs> protect myself. Yeah, I have to pay two ninety nine to watch Michael. <laughs> um, and she has a list of other movies. You know, not every swing can be a hit, but the ones that were hits, I just think that they are some of my personal favorites. Um, just such a treasure, you know? Thank you, thank you Nora. Thank, thank you, Nora. you, Nora. It's, and I realized I watched Sleepless in Seattle this weekend, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch all of these because they're total feel-good movies. I feel like, as we were talking at the beginning of this, like, all of us just want, like, stuff that makes us feel good right now, and you want to live in that world. And I feel like I'm just going to watch the rest of them, including Me Michael. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Rebby, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Um, again, we are looking for topic suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at Meg Morley Walter. You can email me, Meg, at thebeehive.com. Uh, we will be back next week with more of what we're watching during this interesting time. Until then, we'll see you later.